Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are going to talk about the flow of an e-commerce site and how that makes such a difference to the average order value and the conversion rate of the business. We're also going to talk about some stories and how we learned about this important metric. So let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you? Hello, Mark. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm right. How are you? Good. Nice for you to join me at this hour. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, uh, I was just thought that it was just, this was a, so a podcast listener who listened to our podcast for the first time and said that uh, we did, we did uh, for podcasts what Phantom Van Gogh did to music. And uh, I don't think he was being complimentary. <laughs> so I think we're going to have to be funnier. After, you know, you can't. Make more don't jokes. Don't say that. But don't. Don't say that. Don't say what? You can't. You can't say make you know, make jokes. Yeah, just be funny. No. Yeah. No. I tried that I, at your wedding when you when you made me best man. Didn't go that down was... well, did it? <laughs> yeah, but the Kiwis don't understand the English humour. I've been doing it over no. for years over here, and I'll, I'll crack a joke, like a sarcastic yeah. joke, and they'll just look at me as if I'm being serious. And it my like... opening joke was Woody Allen said he didn't mind making speeches as long as he wasn't there when it happened. And I yeah. thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that's not and bad. The Kiwis just looked at me like, like the Kiwis I, just looked at you and they took it seriously. I just and they invaded went, the but, country. And they went, yeah. well, you, when you're you making a speech, there. you've got to be there. Yeah, that that's doesn't make it. sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, right. We're going to do flow. We're going to talk about flow. So I send an email out about flow with three stories of flow. So if you're not on an email list, you missed out. So, um, and we're doing some free training on flow as well. Again, that's going to be in the show notes below. If you want a copy of the flow uh, training, uh, have a look in the show notes, grab that. Um, but when we talk about flow, we talk about how people move through an e-commerce site. And it's super, super important. And the for some reason, the way we think about e-commerce a lot of the times when we're conversion rate agencies, we look at pages individually and we don't look at them as how they interact with each other. And I think that's because we look at them statically, but flow through the website makes a, makes a massive difference. So we're going to, we're going to go into throw flow and we're going to split it up into the three main points. Um, So do you want to add anything before I get started? Um, yeah, I, was, I think I think so. Um, I think there's two bits to it. So we, we've always used the term go with the flow of the river. And I've only just figured out that that's actually quite relevant here. When, when we say go with the flow of the river, so you, want, you want to make it easy for people to do what they want to do. And yeah. so making it easier for people to do what they want to do means that you're going to make it easier for other people who are not quite ready to buy. So if you see what your buyers are doing and you go, oh, it's interesting that, you know, our, the people who buy tend to buy from this category and that category. Um, so if you if you make that easier, 
you then you, you you generally get more people buying so you so you go with the flow of flow of the river so if an, if a, if a, if something's already happening you make it easier so dead quick example you might find that when people land on the home page i'm going into the weeds quite quick but what you might find when people go onto the home page they all they all want to go to our our clearance category but the clearance category is hidden within a sub menu and it's actually and it's it's on a tile that's quite far down the page but they all want to go there so if we make it easier we're going to improve the flow we're going to go with the flow of the river and the other thing might be if you're you know if you're getting people that are buying more than uh two two you know let's say 2.5 i mean i've seen, I had this happened yesterday it wasn't yesterday it was on friday when i was having a chat with a client and i said well what's the average number of items per order and they said oh it's 3.2 i said well that's massively higher than average so the chances are if it's 3.2 now you could get that much higher if you actually did a little bit of work around it and what that is is, is going with the flow of the river so you're making it easier for people to do what they're naturally doing and so that, think about that. And so the second thing, my my general take, is that it, you're absolutely right. When people start looking at websites and e-commerce sites, they they tend to look at it very siloed. So they look at it page by page, and they kind of like silo. You know, go into one page. But the the retail high street is is fantastic at flow. Um, and that you know they've got it down to a fine art. If you go around a really well merchandised store, you know a physical bricks and mortar store, and you and you see how they've laid the store out, where your eyes drawn to it, and the I mean you know the supermarkets have been geniuses at this, haven't they? Where they put the milk, they put the milk at the back because now mm. everybody needs the milk. So they go down to the site and get to get them up, and but they, you know they're designing it. To, the flow for them is to try to get the average order value higher. Mm because they know you've got to come and get the milk so they position it in the right place but if you if you're thinking about flow you just think about well, if our e-commerce site was a physical bricks and mortar store which is something we use the analogy of all the time you think about how would i lay it out how would customers come in and how would they flow around the site where would they go mm. and how can i make it easy for people to do it and but, so i think i think that's really important yeah yeah and i think the most important things to think about flow is to split it down into three main um, flow kind of pieces you've got to put together. The first one is, and it's probably the easily one of the most important ones, is how you get the user started, how you first engage them. Um, because there's, there's in, a, in a buyer's mind or a, a visitor's mind, the difference between a website they are looking at and the difference between a website they have clicked on is quite a big difference. So if they've not clicked on it yet, they haven't they haven't kind of committed to having a look around to it. So the, how we get them engaged into the flow in the first place is super important. So we might, Ian and I might look at on-site search use and work it if we can get more people into search because we know that search is an engagement device, which means that if we get more people doing that, they're more committed, then therefore they're more likely to buy. Same thing with like how we engage them on the homepage. Like a lot of the mistakes people make is just by giving people, you know, one option on the homepage just to shop all or, you know, but it, it doesn't engage them. It doesn't bring them into the site in a better way. And so therefore, you know, what's the flow into the site and is there mm -hmm. no friction? How can we reduce the friction into getting started? 
And we did a podcast on bridging to the customer, bridging to where the customer is in, into the mind of the customer, which, which kind of went into this in more detail. But it was all about understanding where the customer is in their mind and then putting the flows that uh, that's very easy for them. So, you know, rather mm. than kind of like making them climb some steps to, to get started, it's like putting it right at their feet and saying, well, you can either jump on this one or this one. And you know what, do you know what this, this is an example of going back to the bricks and mortar retail store? This is what you, let's take the homepage, for example, because lots of clients over the years have asked me what they should put on the homepage banner, you know, the main homepage banner, the hero banner, what, we, what should we put there? Mm. And, and the answer always is, well, you, you go with your biggest, best sellers that the, the majority of your customer base are going to, are going to want. Yeah. So, you know, and this is a bit like, the you know the shop window you're walking down the high street and you see something in the shop window you go oh that's nice oh that, that, you know, it brings you into the store it's the but, engagement you know, it's the engagement it's yeah, not necessarily it's always the thing they're going to buy but it's the yeah. thing that would engage them to tell them they're yeah. in the right place and so you bind them you wouldn't put something really obscure and eclectic that only one percent of your customer base would ever even look at and go oh, i like that yeah. You put your biggest best selling outfit in, and yeah, but it's normally a more extreme. I mean, the caveat is it's normally a slightly more extreme version mm. of the outfit. So yeah. you know, in men's fashion, you know, you'd put the cr slightly crazy outfit on there, and then everyone comes in and buys a navy blue suit. You repeat, you know, repeat their trousers, yellow trousers. Yes, that's it. Exactly. But I remember, I remember, I mean, I, the example I always give, because people do often ask, what should I put on the home, in the home, what should the banner be on the homepage? And, and you know, for first time customers, you know, never been to the site before. And you'd say, okay, well, what are you selling? So let's say they're selling the female clothing. Well, what time of year is it? Well, it's summer. Okay, what's your average order value? It's 50 pounds. Okay, so in summer, you're going to be selling summer dresses. Yeah, okay, put top 10 summer dresses under 50 pounds. Yeah, that's your banner because you'll make the most money. Yeah, you know, so you go with the flow of the river. You go well. Everybody wants summer dresses. Everybody wants to spend fifty quid. Everyone wants to. Everybody wants to see the best sellers. Right there, you go. Yeah. Now, any other offer that you put in that space at that time is going to cost you money. It's not going to convert as well as that. Hmm. So you put what people want right in front of them, and, and also, also depending on how kind of separated your audiences. Like for example, you could see like ASOS, if ASOS can switch people into men or women, shop men, shop women, that's easier to do a lot of time. You yeah. know? Or maybe women are the bigger buyers and therefore it's shop women's summer dresses, women's you know tops or something, you know, like whatever the main two buyer types are coming to the site, that's how you do it. But then if yeah. you've got a site like AO or something where, or printer land or something like that, where you've got buyers that are very, very separated and disparate, um, you would then use some kind of, uh, like a wizard, wouldn't you? Where you would go- product, Yeah, like a product configurator. Yeah, product configurator. So it's- Find the perfect cartridge. Yeah. It's, yeah, you're gonna have to. You've got to engage them. You've got to engage those people. And, and you know, you can see, you can do it very simply on sites like ASOS because the buyers are, are all coming with, you know, like we call them buckets, don't we? Like how many buckets do you have yeah. for 80% of your traffic? You know, if 80% yeah. of the traffic is in two buckets, those are your two buckets. But on AO.com, 80% of the traffic probably want a thousand different things. So therefore you've got to have a configurator. Mm. Um, well, you, you, can, you, can, you can see this in, everyone's got Google, Google Analytics and, and, and it's there. You, you, don't mm. you don't need a fancy heat map software 
you know, or Hotjar to tell you where people are clicking because you can see it in Google Analytics on your, your navigational path. Yeah, and you can see how you much, can see where the, how bunched it is. It's either like really spread out and like the next pages they're yeah. going to, or it's bunched up into two, three categories and you're like, they're my buckets. It's obvious. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So getting people started. So you say you were talking sorry? about you talking about sorry you were just talking about the three parts of the flow. Yeah, because I know we've got a couple of stories, haven't we? We're going to talk about later on, which are really interesting, which you mentioned in your email. What 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 are the three ones you want to get so started? The second one, the second part is 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 how they find the product. So the first flow is like how you get them into the site, like how you get them started. Like that's super yeah. important to make the first step. The second part of the flow is how they actually find the product and how you do the navigation, you do the category system, you, how you put things at the top and how you're getting people, funneling people into the right product. So you only be looking for high value paths into the store that, that you know, like if visitor A and visitor B might go and buy different things, but if visitor A um, was put down a different path similar to B, visitor B, they might end up buying more. We, we think we're rational and we're going to go buy the same thing, but we're actually very irrational when we buy. And by making it easier for that person to buy more or find a more high price, pro, higher price product, they'd probably buy that one just because mm. it was there. So you can, you can change the flow to change what people buy without reducing the conversion rate. So th that's the second part. And then the third part is also very important is what happens after they add to the basket. And you'll see on many, many sites that whatever theme they've got or whatever development agency they've got, that development agency will have a set way of what happens after you add something to the basket. Mm. The theme will have a set way and it's never thought out. And, and it's, you know, it's kind of like, oh, this is what it does, but it's actually really important well, what happens. Yeah, you're right. Can I, can you, you, you skipped over step number two, which was helping them find the right product. Mm. Because one of the things that, I've I've kn I've known it for a long time, and I think this is something that we end up often working on quite a lot with e-commerce businesses. Is that if the add to basket's low, it tends to be that the the bounce rate is high on the product page, and it tends to be because people, the product pages are dead end pages, and so if you find that you've got really high bounce rates from Google Shopping, for example, landing on the product page, you get a really low add to basket rate. It's it's it tends to be that they're not they're, they're trying to find the right product. And right, you know, you, the product page is a dead end page. And and one of the first things you do is you, you know, before you bothered about the warranty and the guarantee, you're bothered about trying to find the right product. Mm. So we often talk about the product pages must not be a dead end page. Yeah. So yeah. and that that's that's flow. Yeah. Yeah. And then the third one around, you know, when they do actually add it to basket, I think going back to that example that I was saying to, the, to that client on Friday, I was saying, what's your number of items per order? And they said, oh, it's 3.2. Well, the average number of items per order for e-commerce is about 1.5. So if you're above that, then you wouldn't want to take them straight. Like in this case, it's 3.2. You wouldn't want to take them straight to the basket when you click out to basket, you want to keep them on the product page, but sell more stuff to them. Mm. You know, you want to have a pop-up that came and say, Hey, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want that? Do you want to double up? Do you want three for two? You, know, you really want to push. Whereas if you've only ever got one up product per order and, and you're, you're a particular type of business that is only ever going to get one product per order, you should take them straight to the basket. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, without giving them any options. But also sometimes, you know, sometimes you're setting the basket as well for adding more items. And we'll talk about that into the, into the stories. It's yeah. quite subtle. A lot of the time we talk of um, the technique we use is the tip of the iceberg technique. So what we're looking for is the, the, the few users that go and do something that increases the average order value, even though it's difficult to do. And if we find enough of them doing that, we know that if more, if that path was easier to do, more people would do that. So we're looking for little signals that tell us, um, you know, th those things. And one of the techniques is looking at the, the basket page and seeing what other pages people go to from the basket page. Gives us an idea of either what's wrong with the basket mm -hmm. page or what opportunities we've got on that page. So should we talk through those three, uh, those three stories yeah. that, that taught us that flow was super important back in the day? The first one, why don't you introduce the first one? What kind of company it was? We sure. won't mention it. We won't mention who it is because I know he's quite um, yeah. doesn't like us mentioning who he is. But we can talk about the case study. Um, yeah. So, the, so the, at the time, I mean, this was probably about oh, I don't know, eight years ago, and they were doing about twelve and a half million. Wanted to get to twenty-five million and then fifty-five million. Yeah. So there was pretty ambitious growth targets. So fashion. Yeah. So female clothing, fashion business. Um, average order value about 50, 60 pounds. So low, lower level, uh, yeah. but not quite, you know, fast fashion, sort of in between. Mm. Um, and they were, they were replatforming as part of the replatforming. They went to get a, a really expensive crow agency to do all sorts of user metrics and user testing. Conversion rate optimization. And, people don't know what crow means. Sorry. Yeah. Conversion yeah. rate optimization. And they did all sorts of stuff where they did psychometric testing and things like that. And, and they, they'd get their target, they'd get their target customers and, and, and sitting behind these one way mirrors and with the analyzed hot jar and, and they did, you know, it was, it was deeply impressive on the surface. Yeah. It looked really impressive. And I remember thinking, wow. And it, it, it they, they used the labs up in media city in Manchester, in Salford. Yeah. And they were like, wow, this is, this is amazing in terms of, you know, the, the professionalness of it, of it all. But at the time I remember thinking, wow, they've just interviewed a person and they're making a decision based on what one person's opinion is about the website. And I thought, ah, that, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. That, the, you know, they're now changing the website strategy based on what one person, surely it's better to, 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 to use the hundreds of thousands of people who are on the website and do split testing. Yeah. That's a better, better thing. But anyway, that, that was the background of it. So you're in this position where they've got this very expensive conversion rate optimization agency to do loads of UX designs. And, and obviously part of the discussions, they're making decisions on the fly based on what they're talking about and based on the, you know, these opinions of mm. you know, someone who, 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 who is doing it. And, and they're fundamentally making decisions for the sake of change. They're changing things for the sake of change. And I always, I remember back to that day thinking, you cannot be so gung-ho when you're replatforming. You can't, there's a danger that you change for the sake of change. Mm. The new is better than the old. The trouble is the mistake was made. Um, as soon as you bring a conversion rate optimization and you spend $100,000 with them, they're going to change everything because they have to. Because otherwise you'll look yeah. at them and go, well, you haven't done any work. You haven't done yeah. anything. Yeah. So the that's the difficulty is, is that, is that 
you have to be careful you, when you bring consultants in because they have to change things if you've told them that that's what they're working on. It, it, it's it's yeah. kind of, you know, it's, it's just as an aside. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Well, so we are, you know, we, so we get this expensive um, UX design based on what the conversion rate, op, um, uh, conversion rate optimization company's done. And, it, you know, no expense spared. And so the site then goes live and conversion rate drops massively. And, you know, everyone around the table is scratching their heads going, what? It just doesn't make sense. You know, the website's miles better than the old one. Mm. It looks so much better. It looks really fresh, really up to date. It's got some really cool widget grommets on it. It's got some cool average order value stuff. It's got loads of social plug-in thingies. It's got a review system that you can do videos with. This is like, it had some really quite state-of-the-art things at the time. But the conversion rate, absolutely foul through the floor and you're thinking what the hell is happening now and i remember this because for some reason it was one of those things that slanted on my desk as my problem and i had to fix it so what happened yeah. to the conversion rate agency like why i mean once they'd done their bit they got paid they left right you know there wasn't any ongoing you know there wasn't any responsibility that was placed on their shoulders of of it. You know, they, you know, they, they, they paid their fee. It looked really pretty. They'd given some lo lovely PDFs and a nice binder done. You know, their job was done. Yeah. Um, and so it was left to the, to the web agency at the time, uh, which of course, you know, I was, I was, I, I, I was running at the time and, um, you know, and the conversion rate tanked. And of course you've got a client who's like, hang on, we're on the way to 25 million. We've just spent X thousand pounds you know mm. however many thousands hundreds of thousands of pounds on this on this whole project and um conversion rates tank this is not this is not what we want ian yeah so what did i do i said well i, I have to phone my brother about this <laughs> it's on my desk and, uh, it's like here you go it landed on here's a giant desk. problem yeah that's lands on your desk and this is i think this was about the time when i was i was heavily i mean i was i was i don't think i've ever worked so hard in my life and I remember looking at your Skype picture, leaving voicemails on your Skype picture because, of course, you were asleep. And your Skype picture, you looked far too happy on. Yeah. So I made you, sitting there I with made my cocktail you change class. your Skype picture. Yeah, sitting there in your cocktail class with a smile on your face. And that obviously wasn't happy about And you that. sent it to me, and I'm so like, I don't send said, number one, whilst I'm on the beach. There's two things. There's two problems. Number one, you need to change your goddamn Skype profile picture because it's far too happy. And number two, we've got a problem because this particular client conversion rates dropped yeah. massively. Yeah. We don't know why. And so that's where you came on board and you looked at the you looked at the navigational flow. And what 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 you discovered what which was a you know, really to be honest, a flick of a, a mouse in Adobe Photoshop or whatever prototyping tool that the UX design team were using had massively reduced the conversion rate because what was happening was that they'd put um, several steps in the way of finding, so they were selling dresses. And so let's say they wanted to find, people wanted to find a black dress and it was very much a, like a, like um, you'd scroll through all the black dresses you wanted to see and you didn't care whether or not it was a mini dress, maxi dress, party dress, swing dress, mm. cocktail dress, 
you know, you just want to see all the goddamn black dresses all in one big, lovely category page. You could swipe through, you'd see loads at once. Whereas what the UX agency has done is they've forced people to click on dresses and then force them to choose do you want a mini dress or do you want a partridge? You couldn't see, and then you'd have to go into mini dresses and then choose black. Mm. You couldn't see all the black dresses across all of the all of the dresses. You had to go into each individual category. Now, and so the example I'm using is black dresses, but it was the same for red dresses with white dots, and it was the same for you know green, you know jumpers. Now the thing is, like, when you when you explain we, it like that, it sounds bloody obvious. And so yeah. simple, but it's it's and it, and usually the solutions to things are bloody obvious and very simple once you know them. But before you know them, <laughs> very complicated to work out. But it 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 was like one of those things yeah. that came through, and I was just like, I just can't quite work out because especially as you've got Google Analytics before and after. Google Analytics isn't the most amazing tool at kind of visualizing how people move around a website. No. And so, but that's what it was. That's what it was. And so people wanted to look yeah. at, they wanted to buy a red dress or they wanted to buy a black dress. They didn't really want to have to know whether it was a called a, you know, mini dress. Or yeah, a swing, swing dress, dress or whatever. A blah, 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 blah. That's right. And if you think, and I remember thinking it's so obvious, it's ridiculous. Because if you go into a clothes store and you want to go and buy, a, you know, a dress or whatever, you know, you, you watch people browsing around the store. You know, they are, it's very fluid, isn't mm. it? Very flowing. They're naturally flowing around the clothes store, looking at something, picking it up, putting it back, you know, looking at something else. And it, it's a really nice flowing experience. And, and that's what the website needs to yeah. to do. Yeah. And But it wasn't, it was like, right, no, you can only look at these small selections. Yeah. You can't, no, you can't look at these. You can't, it was just, you know, it was just back out of the store. We put more friction. Come back in, in the there, store. The navigation, didn't yeah. So, yeah. and it was dead simple. And you took that away and obviously conversion rate grew. Yeah. Again. So that was our yeah. first inkling that flow was like really, really important. And then the, the second one was when we were working with, um, with Naked Wines. And again, this is going to sound super, super obvious. But of course, before you do it, it's not yeah. obvious. So why don't, why don't you talk? Do you want to, do you want to introduce that one in? Ian? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So yeah, Naked Wines were obviously amazing. This was back in it was back in the day. We were, they were a lot smaller than they than they are now. And obviously, they're massive now. It was before they were bought and by Majestic, bought... wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Or or they bought Majestic or one yeah, or two. I don't know. I don't know if bought. Anyway, they they obviously massive now. But when you know, I don't know. It must be 15, 10 years ago we did some we did some com conversion rate optimization work for them where we were looking at navigational flow was one of the pieces and they they had the notion that a lot of people in e-commerce had um, that a a, a three-step checkout was better than a five-step checkout or by skipping the shopping basket to make it faster to get them into the checkout quicker would be better for conversion rate and they just that's just what they believe they believe that the faster it was by skipping steps the better the conversion rate was and we and we challenged this we said we said no we think it's important to take people to the basket particularly for you naked wines because you've got to have a minimum of six bottles per order to buy to, to build the case and so what they had was this little mini shopping basket in the header of the website that you pressed it and it was like a little drop down that came 
and it was quite quite hard to see. You couldn't quite work out what was in you. You could see it, but it wasn't. It didn't give you that confidence, that reassurance that you could clearly see. And what people were doing was that they would add more than they would. They would add, you know, lots of wine, and then use it as like an elimination. And they would they keep going to the basket to check it. And we said we want to force people. We're going to do a split test to remove the the mini basket in the header. So they have to click on it. And when they click on it, it, it doesn't go to the checkout, which it was before. It goes to the basket page. We want to make that basket page better. We want to make, we want to, well, the first test was just taking them to the basket page. Mm. So we added a step. So you kind of go, oh, well, are, are we adding friction there? Because we're adding a step that wasn't there before. Yeah. And it kind of went away, went against a lot of the popular thinking at the time. And we tested it. And we had that phone call from the MD of Naked Wise and said, this test that you asked us to do, it's just made 5 million quid. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Because it improved conversion rate by 10%. And obviously... I don't think it was 10%. I think it was it was like 5% or something like that. But it was such a big business. It made such a big yeah. difference. But yeah. like what, was in, what we were doing there, I mean, because if you think about it, normally you'd say... Um, you know, if they've got like loads of products added to basket, like just, just ingredients, for example, who sells lots of herbs and spices, like, would you take those people to the basket or would you keep them on the product page to add the next one? You know, it's always a question, but with, with, yeah. with naked wines, we, I mean, I, to be honest, I've no idea how naked wines is now. And a lot of the time you do conversion rate optimization stuff and someone else takes it over and takes away the work. So we, God knows what it is now. So be interesting yeah. to have a look at it. But what we thought at the time was that, we needed to see the basket because we needed to make it big and we needed people to own that basket and that collection that someone had put together. And therefore, if they owned the collection of wine, they're more likely to buy it because they could see it and feel it and understand that that was what they, they had got. Whereas if you've got it just in the header or down the side, it's very hard for you to own that collection because it's too small. Mm. And it's uh, also it's hard it's, to it, see that you've got six it's also... or seven. Yeah, yeah. It's also you miss an opportunity to to push a lot of the reassurances and guarantees, and when's it going to come, and the trust, and the reviews. The basket page is a really important step, and you know, not just for naked wines, but for lots of e-commerce. You know, the average time people buy from an e-commerce website a year is one point five times a year. So you think they're only coming, you know, once or twice a year if you're lucky. So do you think they want to have a really, really, really fast missing step? Obviously they want a fast website, but do you want the, they don't they don't want to miss the basket page. Yeah. Because it's an important step to get right. You know, if they're buying their groceries, I mean it, it's something that and obviously a lot of websites not only miss the basket, but the but when they do go to the basket, the basket is like the vanilla out of the box Shopify Big Commerce. Magento basket. Yeah, with no reassurance. Like it adds no value whatsoever. And it's the equivalent of being in a physical store and having, so you've got some products in your hand and you take, you're saying, oh, you go and buy over there, mate. You go down there and it's, there's some grumpy old man that's saying, look, do you want it? Do you want mm. it? Get it or get out. I literally, I don't care if you want to buy it or not. Just, just get out of my face. <laughs> that's what it's like. Yeah. Is that not adding any any reassurance? So what happens if I don't like it? I don't care. Yeah. What, what, what can I bring it back? I, I don't know. I don't know, mate. <laughs> I, 
You, you might be able to, but I've hidden my policy inside a wardrobe upstairs. Yeah. If you want to go and read it, it's inside a book in the wardrobe upstairs and sort yourself yeah. out. Yeah. You have to find really hard. I don't know. How do I? Yeah. Yeah. So just make your decision. For God's sake, yeah. get out. So it's it's looking at the flow, so and it's like you've got to increase the confidence when they get onto the checkout page. If you come, you know, you can you can put somebody onto the checkout page if they're not confident. They're not going to they're not going to move forward. Yeah, they're going to have questions. Well, I think I honestly the, the the only time really where we see checkout to order stats low is when people have taken them to the checkout too yeah. early. It can be quite stubborn though. It can be quite stubborn though. So some people have like quite low basket to order of twenty percent. And I'm thinking of a couple of things, and like yeah. you know, it, it is stubbornly that low, and it's unlocking that. I mean, on average, it's about thirty-five percent between thirty-five percent and fifty-five percent. Mm. So it's kind of up there. So when you see it's twenty, you kind of think, well, why is that happening? And often it's because either the add to basket is pages, the pe- the product page is not giving enough information, so people are adding basket to get through there, which is putting, you know, getting people to the basket page unduly, or you've got some real anxiety on the basket page that you, you can't really deal with uh, or you haven't really dealt with. Mm. Do you know, I, I think, I think often it's, it's, they're just not ready to buy. They're just not sure if they actually want to buy it and they're using the basket like a dumping ground. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a bit like a wish list type. Oh, I'll add it to the basket because I'm, you know, and they'll use it to eliminate. You should be able to get it. I mean, twenty percent, thirty-five percent. I mean, you think that? I mean, that that should be doable if you get the flow right. Yeah. If you get the flow right, but it's it's not like yeah. like the add to basket rate is always much more pliable. Like you can go in there and you can do some really good work in the add to basket yeah. rate, but the the basket to order rate is very much more strategic and much more like thinking. Um, yeah, well, we've got this challenge with Lavini. Mm. Lavini may be listening to this. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Conversation last, it's last stubbornly week. 20%, I know. isn't it? It is. And she set up mm. a challenge to go and get it up to 30. Yeah. I'm going to have to look at it. I'm going to have to see what it is. <laughs> Find out. I think I might leave you another yeah, Skype message. We're done. <laughs> um, so let's just do the last story uh, quickly, which, um, which is again about flow. Probably this is this is when you re- redesign the categories on GSF car parts, and I remember you saying because I was doing a lot of conversion rate work on it. Um, it was back in the it was back in the day again when they were growing really quickly. Because I think mm. I think they actually started with us. We're doing zero revenue online at the beginning, so it was all new. It yeah. was all new. So it was kind of like what do you do? How do you how do you put these kind of websites together? And you know you can look at other people and you see what they're doing and how we can improve it. I know that Euro Car Parts had just come out and spent like two million pounds on their website, and obviously we didn't have the same amount of budget as that. But um, it was what we could do. And you said to me, "I'm going to go and redesign the category structure." And I said to you, "I just kind of thought, yeah, whatever, you can do that, but that's not going to make much difference. I can't see how that's going to make much difference." But it was like that, yeah. and a couple of other changes we made at the time were like. I, I think it, I think it was something stupid like doubled revenue, like in in a month. It was just it was just mm. silly numbers. Um, so what did you do, and why was I wrong? Yeah. Well, ironically, yeah. I mean, it, it's good to hear you admit that. You know, after all these years, you finally admitted that your little brother has 
just done something you better. You even beat me in table tennis once. You know, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I mean, I was very magnanimous. You, know, well. you were not. Um, you <laughs> <laughs> ran downstairs and your uh, grandma was like, what's going on in here? So, well, Ian's beat Mark at table tennis. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. overjoyed. I don't think my, my life hasn't surpassed I do remember, though, when you, I used to beat actually. you and then but sometimes you'd throw the table tennis bats at me so hard that I'd move out the way and it would stick the, the, <laughs> the, the, the handle of the bat in the wall through the plasterboard. But boy, I enjoyed yeah. beating you. Yeah. Cephalus. And I'd sometimes go, maybe I should use my <laughs> other hand. <laughs> uh, oh, anyway. Yeah. So yeah, so the so the category for for the for yeah for GSF, and it, I mean ironically, it was it was the opposite of what the fashion company was doing. Yeah. So this fashion company had added these steps in place, right. so that they were forcing people to go and look for you know, mini dresses and you, you couldn't look for black dresses across the whole range. You had to go into these subcategories. Well, the ir irony here was that the biggest problem with buying car parts online is confidence in finding the right product. It's mm. really hard. You know, you've got, well, I don't know, 100,000 parts, you've got 50,000 different cars. And you know, it's, the big anxiety is, will this part fit my car? And helping them find the, the goddamn thing, right thing, and people don't know what it's called, and so you have to make it easy for them. So you've got to make it image-led with icons and, and make it much more um, pictorial, and and you've got to group things together. So braking got to be in the right category, and you know all the brake discs and brake mm. all the you know calipers and all these kind of things all got to be in the right place. And so rather than products being dumped on a page and then you kind of filter them searching for them. I made, I, I made people select from the different car part. I put it together in, into a structure and I, and I, I made it neat and all. So you forced people to kind of like um, say what they wanted. So by the time they were shown the products, they were confident that those products were right for what they wanted rather than kind yeah. of giving them, Oh, here are all the products and you, here's all the filters you can do it. You, you basically, Reduce the paradox of choice. Yeah, I did it for them. Yeah. Yeah, I did exactly. I did it. I was do it, it was yeah. done for them, you know, rather than them having to find. It, yeah. it was done for them, and 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 it gave us some really good landing pages as well. So we were able to then do, you know, a great landing page for for breaking, yeah. you know, where everything to do with breaking was there on that one page. And and it fed nicely together, and you know I was very proud of it at the time. I think it's probably proud looking back because nothing like that really existed. You know, obviously it's how you do it now. Everybody yeah. would do it that way, but going back ten years ago, you know, it was it was one of the first big major. Yeah, and it's interesting, sites. isn't it? Like there's like there's not that one size that fits all. Like, it's about understanding the friction mm. the customers going through in their buying journey and understanding where we need to go you know in the dresses website the buyer thought that she was very you know she was very advanced about what she liked and therefore she wanted to do the choosing whereas gsf car parts the buyer was unsure about their ability to choose the part and therefore they needed more help and so yeah. therefore the flow of the website needed to be completely different yeah that that's i think that's definitely the, the key is that one side doesn't fit does not yeah. fit all yeah you know, and I've seen that before. We we've, we've split tested things like we've split tested things on the on the category page, which is the quick buy yeah, from the category yeah. page. 
and you know and it and how that can absolutely destroy mm. conversion rate um but i've seen it where it's worked it's improved yeah. conversion rate yeah so it can be quite you know, subtle and, it can be quite subtle you know, but the split test yeah, split test really, fun, really gets you out of jail doesn't it yeah gets you out of jail and it yeah. starts understanding because yeah. you know if you're working in one store and you've been working in that store for five years you know you've not done any split tests you could be five years into really understanding your customer because you know it, it, any conversion rate optimization or development agents comes along if you can give them that information you've got to make sure that they understand it rather than just kind of rocking up and just kind of doing what's worked on because what what any agency and what development agency they'll, they'll if they've got one site that works they'll try and do them all like that like they'll go oh well we've got one site that's doing a couple of million they seem to be doing well. So let's just do all our other websites like that because that's the only, the only business we kind of know works. So you've got to be very careful of understanding the success that the people you are employing or hiring to do the job that they have experienced because they will think that the success, all success looks like the success that they've had. And that was that's another big lesson is that I mean, obviously we've done this 15 years now. We've kind of learned that lesson many, many times that the success yeah, comes in, <clears throat> in many different shapes and forms. And um, you can't just, uh, uh, you know, deroute for something from somewhere else and just put it back in. There are mm. fundamental rules underneath it, but the, 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 the layouts and the flows are almost like symptoms of a good strategy underneath rather than necessarily the um the reasons why it's being successful mm. so that's very philosophical phil philosophical way to finish isn't it yeah yeah well exactly you know i think going back to the point you, you go with the flow of the river you want to see see the tip of the iceberg and you see and, and you make that behavior yeah. easier yeah and you naturally you know you're not you're not it's not rocket science you're just trying to make things that people want it's it common easier. sense and i, th I think and that sometimes you, you can overcomplicate things there should be inherent simple and simplicity in the design it should make sense and i think that the retailers that go to their agencies and go i've got no idea what they're talking about but i think they're good at it. Like, that's the wrong thing you know your product you know how to sell it you know what people like if it doesn't make yeah. sense you know your customers you, yeah, you know it's your you know your customers and your product better than any agency yeah. ever will. You know and that's what you've got to bring yeah. to the table, and that's your responsibility as a yeah. as a retailer. Yeah. Anyway, finish with a joke. <laughs> We're okay. We're okay. Um, no, I don't. Right, Ian. Thank you very much. I'll speak to you soon. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, guys. Oh, See if you, you want the flow training in the show notes, grab it. All good. Thanks. <laughs>